I'm glad you guys are here. It's a, it, it's a, it's good to be back. I was, we were gone last week. We were able to take a, some time off with our family. We headed down to the beach, and my kids were able to be there, and spouses and girlfriends and all that. It was awesome time we had, and got back yesterday. So, um, and um, appreciate Larry filling in. Did y'all enjoy the message about the tabernacle last week? Yeah. Wasn't that interesting? Um, and so I was able to, to catch it. Uh, during the early service, we went to, to church last week on the beach, so it was nice uh, last week. So uh, we get to start a new series today uh, called Come and See. Before we do that, though, I want to just again ask that you continue praying for Israel. Uh, I know you guys have been watching the news, and uh, hearts, my heart's just been breaking as I watch uh, the news, and things seem to continue escalating. Um, my prayer was that this would not do that, but it seems like it is going that direction. And uh, you know, uh, you may know Jennifer and I traveled there twice last year, and we're planning to go back next year in April and take a group from here. So uh, a lot's kind of up in the air right now, uh, just know, not knowing what the, the future holds. I've been chatting with one of my friends there in Israel, um, and so uh, he just wants us to continue praying. And it's just that's the most important thing we can do. Um, I, I just pray uh, there's no place for terrorism in our in our world today and um, um, just pray for for peace I mean that's what we what we all hope for um, and so uh, continue praying for that um, today we do start this new series and um, it's in the, going through the book of John and uh, we just finished a series in the book of John on John 14 15 16 kind of that farewell discourse, and I decided to, to kind of back up and go through the whole book, um, and, and kind of leading us into Christmas this year, and uh, this series is going to be about the invitation that John gives us uh, to come and see, to come and learn about Jesus. I, I want to ask you as we start off this morning, uh, I want you to think about something that has grabbed your attention lately, and maybe it was a movie, uh, maybe it was a TV show. Uh, maybe it was a concert, uh, maybe it was a restaurant, um, but whatever it was, you got excited about it. Do y'all get excited about stuff? Um, kind of like Jose, I get excited about food. Um, and so, like, when we plan beach vacations, like, I, I mean, I, wanna, I don't care what we do during the day, I want to know where we're eating tonight. I mean, that's, that's my, like, where we do, where we, what's, the, what's the plan for food? Because if we can work out the plan for food, I'm happy with everything else, right? And that works good until you get back home. And I stepped on the scale this morning, and it made me de really depressed before church. I need to remember not to step on the scale before church um, after vacation. Because uh, now that's all I've been thinking about this morning is how I'm going to have to not eat for the next month. Um, but we get excited about stuff, and we tell people about what we're excited about. And so whether it's a restaurant that you find you really like, you got, i, I got to tell you about this place we ate at, or whether it's a TV show, um, or whether it's a movie. And, and the interesting thing, there's been several Christian movies lately. Uh, a Jesus Revolution is one of them. Um, that, you know, the, the critics didn't have a lot to say about it. Hollywood didn't expect much for it. But before you know it, it was in theater week after week after week after week. Uh, another one is The Blind. It's actually in Galax right now. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's about uh, Phil Robertson, Duck Dynasty, all that. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm planning on going to see it this week because I've heard good things about it, right? Uh, the Chosen uh, is another TV series about Jesus that has just blown up. 
Um, and again, it's not because of advertising. It's because people have told other people about it. And the reality is, right, like for, especially for Hollywood, their, their, goal, their, their plan is like if we put enough money behind this, we can make it popular. But what the people are showing them is what makes something popular is when we actually like it, right? When we enjoy it, when we tell someone else. You, you cannot beat word-of-mouth advertising. And that's kind of, you, you see that across the, the board. And, and whether again, whether it's restaurants, movies, TV shows, whatever it is, if we get excited about something enough, we're going to tell people about it. All right? And, and so what do you say? You've got to come and see this. You've you got to come and check it out. You've got to come and see what's going on. And so my question for you this morning is, when have you felt like that for Jesus? Is there a time that you've been like, hey, you've got, to, you've got to check out my church. Let me tell you about what Jesus is doing in my life. When do we get that excited? Now, if we can get excited about food, surely we can get excited about Jesus. If we can get excited about a movie, surely we can get excited about going to church together with friends and family and the body of believers that we have, right? And the problem is, though, right, the longer we kind of are in church and the longer we, 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 you know, since the longer time it's been since we've become a Christian, it seems like our focus changes uh, from telling others about Jesus to what we can learn for ourselves. And so this series, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be going through the book of John and looking at, at who Jesus really is. And what are we inviting people to? How can we talk about who Jesus really is? And so this is a journey through the life of Jesus according to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is one of four eyewitness accounts about the life of Jesus. It's from the people who were right there with him. And so we have these eyewitness accounts that we call Gospels, which just simply means the good news about Jesus. And so we're going to be learning about who is this Jesus. And, and so we're going to, uh, you know, th th what's interesting about John's gospel is that it starts a little different. The other gospels, you have the birth stories about Jesus, the wise men, the shepherds, the, you know, the angels and Mary and Joseph and all of your traditional Christmas story. John kind of gets into the theology. It's like, who is Jesus really? And he goes, jumps right in and tells us, that we need to know who Jesus really is if we want to understand why he came. And so I'll jump in today. If you're following along, uh, our notes are always in the Uversion Bible app under events. Uh, you can go to live.mycornerstone.org. You'll see our notes there. If you're watching online, you'll find them there uh, on our website. Um, and, and let's just kind of jump in today. Here's the first thing I want to share with you. And it's simply this. Come and see is an invitation to learn the truth about Jesus. It's an invitation to learn the truth. That's our goal this morning is to, to, to kind of unveil some truth about Jesus. Let's kind of leave here with a better understanding of who Jesus really is. And if we have that, it's going to influence how, what we tell others and how we share about Jesus with others. We live in a world today that I would say values Jesus as a teacher. Jesus was a good guy. He, he was a great moral leader, a great teacher. 
but they really don't care for much when we say Jesus is God in human flesh. The truth is we really can't have one without the other. All right? we, we can't separate those two things. He didn't simply come as a wise man. He came both fully God and fully man. And so this is a, a kind of a, one of the fundamental truths that we need to understand and how we react to that truth really determines a lot about what we believe as Christians. Uh, if you accept Christ, if you say, Jesus is my Lord, uh, I am a disciple of Jesus, that means you are all in. Right? I mean, that means if He is your Lord, He is your Master, that means you're saying, I believe and I'm going to follow, I'm going to trust, I, that's where my faith is. That, 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 there's not like a halfway, like I can do this a little bit, but still, no, it, it's saying that you're all in. And so we need to understand who this Jesus is that we're following. So what John does, he opens up the book with an, introdu with an introduction to who Jesus really is. He's more than just a man. Let's look at it from John 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. All right. We're tying it back to Genesis 1-1, just what we read this morning. In the beginning, now we have in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So here we have this, this idea that Jesus is more than just a man. He is divine. He, he, we see the divinity of Jesus. Uh, and, and so what, how do we know that? It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The Greek word for word, there is logos. And it was a word that the Greek audience, the Jewish audience was familiar with. And when they saw this word, what they recognized that there would be uh, a level of divinity associated with it. And so, in essence, we could rewrite this and say, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. Uh, Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created. And in essence, I don't want you to buy into the belief uh, or the misinterpretation that some people would say, well, Jesus is not really God. Jesus was created by God. No, Jesus is God. From the very beginning, from before time even existed, Jesus was there. You, you understand that, right? There's no beginning, no end to, to Jesus. It's not like Jesus just shows up as a baby and all of a sudden, oh, here's Jesus, here's a new guy on the scene. No, Jesus was there from the beginning as the world was created. Um, and so that, that's, that kind of, this is, uh, in, in essence, this is kind of that introduction to, okay, this is the triune God, the, 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 the Trinity, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're in, introduced to that right from the beginning here. That this is who Jesus really is. He is God, and now He has come to us in human flesh. And so that's the way the book of John opens. Um, but the, it jumps right into introducing us to another character named John the Baptist. Now, this is not John the disciple, this is John the Baptist. And so don't get those two things confused. 
Um, but John the Baptist now is going to reveal another layer of information to us about who Jesus is. Right? And so uh, John the Baptist has been baptizing people in, the, the, in Bethany. It's across the Jordan near Jericho. Now, I've been there twice to that very spot uh, near Jericho. And what's interesting about that whole area, it is very arid, very dry, very desert-like. Um, but Jericho is uh, kind of built up around a well. And so it's an oasis in the desert, right? Um, and so uh, Jericho is famous for bananas. And if you've ever had a Jericho banana, they're really cool there. Um, they're little tiny bananas, but off the subject but they're really good um uh, again i tell you i like food i remember places by what i ate there and we also ate this palestinian dish called mushka that was really good um anyway anyway, i can can tell you about food um but around jericho you know it's in the jordan river is the same way uh it's desert except where there's water and that's where the life springs up And so that's where John the Baptist was. He's in the wilderness. He's in the middle of nowhere. He's in the desert. And he's saying things that are getting people, uh, causing people to pay attention. Uh, Because the religious leaders think he's an idiot. They think he's crazy, a madman, at worst, uh, uh, someone who's blaspheming who God is, right? Um, And then the other people are like, we're not so sure about this guy. He dresses funny. He smells funny. We just don't know about him. And, um, and so some people had come down from Jerusalem to see this spectacle, right? To see what he's doing. Um, and now, in John 1, verse 6, we kind of pick it up. It said, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And so already we're getting this, this, again, just kind of another layer, another understanding of, okay, Jesus uh, is coming. He is the light. John the Baptist is not the light. He's pointing to the light, all right? Um, And he says they are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Uh, again, not your traditional Christmas story, but one of my favorite Christmas verses. He came and dwelt among us. The incarnation, he came and made his home right here with us. That's how much he loved us, right? Uh, John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. John is saying God is revealed to us because Jesus is here today. And so make no mistake about it, John is all about showing us that Jesus is really God. 
There, there's no doubt here. He's making that claim. We can't. Re- I mean, if we argue with it, he's saying, "Okay, this is this is this is important. We've got to understand this." And this is why all of a sudden people started paying attention to Jesus. There's something different about him. Yes, he was fully man, but he was also fully God. And because of that, right? Because of that, he spoke with authority. Because of that, people recognized that he was the Messiah. And now we start seeing that take place as the disciples were listening, uh, or some of the disciples were listening nearby. And so that, that kind of brings me to my next point. And really, this is where everything starts to change because a simple invitation to come and see changed the lives of the disciples. Again, John's establishing here, he's laying out, this is, he jumps right into Jesus' ministry at you know, 30 years old and he's, he shows up and John the Baptist is baptizing people and people are standing around listening and watching. So what happens? Verse 35, we'll skip to there in chapter 1 of John. The following day, John was standing again with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. And so John the Baptist had people following him and hanging on every word he said. But when Jesus walked by, he's like, that's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. That that is who I've been talking about. So two of his followers left John and said, okay, see ya. We're going to follow this guy. If this is who you've been talking about, if this is really God in human form, then we need to, to follow him. And so that's what they do. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? <laughs> right? I mean, this is kind of, he asked them. You know, you start following Jesus like, seriously, what are you doing? I think he does this for, for a couple of reasons. One, he's checking their motives. All right. are, are you just coming for the show? Are you just coming for this spectacle? Are you just coming to see what you can get out of me? But there's more to it, right? Here's how they answered. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. When something out of the ordinary grabs our attention, right, we, we, we have to do something. We have to, we have to kind of follow up. We have to check into it. So now if something grabs our attention, we just pull out Google. Well, now, what is this? And we ask questions. Do y'all do that, or is it just me? All right, we research everything, kind of check everything, and like, uh, who is, like, if somebody, if Jesus, what, I'm like, who is Jesus of Nazareth? I would be like, well, obviously they didn't have, but if you could, right, I mean, that's in essence what they're doing, like, who is this guy? Who, who is this guy? All right, and, and, and John has already said, look, here's the Lamb of God who's going to take away the, the sin of the world, and they're like, wait a minute, we've been hearing about this Messiah, we've been hearing about this, and that was enough for them to say, okay, we're going to follow this guy. So they start following him. And the first thing, Jesus, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? What are you doing? And, and again, I, I feel like, you know, we have this picture in our mind of Jesus always being so calm and, you know, just kind of inviting. And he's like, what are you doing here? Why are you following me? But again, I think he's wanting to, to kind of see who are these people and why are they following me? And again, the, first, the way they responded shows their heart. They said, Rabbi, just simply meant teacher. Where are you staying? They didn't say, Rabbi, 
What can we get from it? They didn't say, hey, what can you do for us? They didn't say, hey, show me a miracle. They, didn't, they just said, hey, teacher, where are you staying? In essence, they're saying, we want to spend time with you. How often when we pray, when we talk to Jesus, um, you know, we're kind of tapping Jesus on the shoulder, and he says, what do you want? How often do we just say, okay, let me get out my list. Let me tell you everything I need. Let me tell you what you, I want you to do for me. Or how often do we just say, I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. See, that's the start of something incredible here. They just said, we want to know where you're staying. And he said, come and you will see. That, that invitation, come and be with me. Come and you can spend time with me. That's the same invitation that he gives us today. We see this phrase, come uh, and, and see, throughout the book of John. We see it uh, really throughout Scripture in different ways. But we see, I mean, I can go all the way back to Isaiah. He says, come now and let's settle this together. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. He says in Isaiah 49, come out to all the prisoners and, and those in darkness, come into the light. He says in Matthew 4 to the disciples, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, right? He, he says in Matthew 11, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and, and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. We have this invitation from Jesus throughout Scripture. Even when he says, come, let the children come to me for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven, right? He, he, Jesus has been inviting us to follow him. He's in, been inviting us to come and spend time with him throughout Scripture. And so it makes sense when he comes across these disciples, these would-be disciples, he would say, hey, just spend time with me. Let, inv I'll invite you to be with me. It's the same promise he gives us today. Matthew 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I feel like that's the invitation he's given us today. If we really want to be with Jesus, if we really want to learn more about him, then he's given us that invitation. And so now we get to see how they respond to that invitation. And this is an interesting part. John moves really quick, but there's four different disciples mentioned by name here. And each of them had a different response. So four disciples had four different reasons, four different responses. And I think we can relate to them. Uh, so as I go through these, I, I want you to think about this. I want you to put yourself in their place right, and, and say, which one of these uh, sounds most like me? Can you do that? Yeah, there's four of them here. Let me kind of read through this passage and, and kind of in your mind be thinking about where would I fit into this uh, kind of dynamic here. Uh, verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the, these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. 
Here we have so much going on, so much to unpack. It starts with Andrew and, and, and Simon together. Uh, you know, they're down watching John the Baptist take place uh, near Jericho. And then it says the next day they head up to, to Galilee. Guys, that's not close to each other. Okay, this is like, this is fast moving. It's like, these are, now we're up at Galilee in Capernaum which is where Peter was from and Andrew were from. And, or they were from Bethsaida. They lived in Capernaum. And, and now we're seeing all this stuff. That, it's just craziness. But we have four different people with four very different responses. Let's look at the first one. The first one is Andrew. I would categorize Andrew as the one who listened. Right? When he was with John the Baptist, he was listening to John the Baptist. He was, he was the one paying attention. He was your student who was listening. And, and so when Jesus showed up, he's like, that's him. That's the one we've been waiting on. That's the guy. That's him. He recognized him because he'd been listening. And so that is who Andrew is. He saw something different about Jesus. And so what did he do? The first thing he did, he found his brother and said, hey, we found him. This is the one. This is the Messiah. You've got to come with me. And so that brings us to Simon. Simon is the one who trusted. The one who trusted. What do I mean by that? Um, he didn't say, he, we don't have a lot. This is, he just says, okay, you know, think about this. If your brother came to you and said, we have found God in human flesh, right? We have found the Messiah, the one we've been waiting on. Um, let's go see him. What would you say to your brother? Would you believe him? I don't know about most of y'all, but most of y'all would be like, where are the camera? Are they pranking me right now? Is this, you know, you're, you know, I don't think, you know, but Simon's like, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'll go with you. Simon walks up to Jesus and doesn't say a word. And Jesus says, I know who you are. This is your name. This used to be your name, Simon. You've got a new name now. It's going to be Peter. Right? And what do names do? Names give purpose. Names give understanding. And so what Jesus does is recognize him for the leader he is about to become, not for where he's been. And so that's, that's Simon. That's the, the, the one who trusts. He would go on to turn the world upside down. What about Philip? I would label Philip the one who was excited. <laughs> Philip was the one, when he found out, he's like, dude, I've got to tell everybody. Hold on. He's like running and getting everybody's attention. And he, he runs to, the, 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 to Nathaniel and, and tries to convince Nathaniel. Nathaniel's not buying it. That brings me to, to Nathaniel. Nathaniel is the one who was reluctant. I could say the one who was skeptical, right? He was the one that, wait a minute, you're trying to tell me you found the Messiah. And above all that, you're saying he came from Nazareth? You know, let's be honest. Like, if you grow up here in southwest Virginia, and for, for you guys, it's different depending on where you live, but there's a town you make fun of, right? You don't have to tell me what it is. For some of you, it may be Galax. Um, but there's a town that when people say, hey, you mean, oh, yeah, like I would want to live there. Do you know how crazy those people are? Right? I mean, we all have that place. And again, I'll be nice and not mention where that place is for me. But uh, we all have that place we make fun of. Um, and, and so that's like Nazareth, this little tiny. And Nazareth was this tiny town at the time. 
It didn't have a lot of water. There weren't a lot of people that lived there. It was not on the main road. It's where a bunch of blue-collar workers lived. Right? They were stonemasons and built all this stone stuff for the Roman Empire. And, uh, and, and so they were there. The, the main trade route was down below. They could see it from where they were, but it, they weren't real close to it. And, and so this was not your happening place. This is not like Capernaum, which was the, the, the place where everybody congregated. This was off the beam. And, they're saying, and Nathaniel, though, when he, met, when he met Jesus, he was skeptical. But he, he, he moved from that skepticism to faith because he recognized Jesus for who he really was. And so we've got four people here. And I don't know which one you relate to, right? Whether you're the one, you're always listening and trying to learn, or you're the one who's just, just trust, you just go along with what everyone else does. Or, or maybe you're the one that just gets excited and pumped up and ready to go. Or maybe you're the one that's skeptical. But what I do know is when you put these men together, they went on to change the world. Because there was no doubt about who Jesus really was. Over the next three years of uh, living with Jesus and traveling with Jesus and, and, and seeing Jesus perform miracles and seeing Jesus teach, and there was no doubt about who Jesus was. And because of that, they went on, uh, in essence, to, right, to, to spread the gospel to the ends of the world, to continue ex extending that invitation to come and see. And so that kind of leads me to, uh, to, to, the, to my final point this morning. Do we care enough about others? to invest in their lives and invite them to come and see. That, 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 that thought to come and see, it's gonna, it really is going to define the lives of the disciple from here on out. Let's come and see Jesus. Let, let's come and meet Jesus. Let, let me point you to Jesus. Did you know a LifeWay research study showed that 82% um, of people who are unchurched would come to church if only invited by a friend or someone they know. Eight out of every ten. In other words, we can't use the excuse, well, I'm not going to invite them, they're not going to come to church anyway. Do we care enough about people to invest in their lives, to build relationships, to get to know them, to have meals with them, to go out and serve them so that we can invite them and tell them about this Jesus that we follow? Again, I, I'm afraid that what happens is the longer we are Christians, the more our faith turns inward and becomes about the benefits we get from it. We don't think about others. We don't think about what they need. We don't think about what we have found. But when we look at these disciples, they were in the beginning, they were just they were telling people. And that's really what exploded Christianity from being a, a small, you know, I hate to use the word religion, but when it was starting out, you get what I'm saying, right? Just a few people in one little small area of the world knew about Jesus. What changed? They told people. Who told people? Who told people? We didn't have the internet. We didn't have mass media. We didn't have the printing press yet. What spread the gospel was simply word of mouth. And... Um, you know, that, that really hadn't changed today. Let, let me kind of do an informal survey with you. I did this with our Discover Leadership uh, class. Um, but um, raise your hand if you came to faith through uh, a TV show. There may be some of you who did. Anybody? 
raise your hand if you came to faith through someone knocking on your door and just kind of unplanned, just sharing the gospel with you. Raise your hand uh, if you became a, a follower of Christ because a pastor showed up to your house to tell you about Jesus. Now, raise your hand if you came to Christ through a relationship with another Christian, whether it's a friend or a relative or someone, you, someone who told you about Jesus and invited you to church. You, you see, this is why relationships matter. This is why we invest in people and invite them. This is why we tell people what's going on in our life. That means the person you run into at the grocery store. That means the person at work and, uh, that you're talking to. and uh, that, that means just the people you come into contact with on a daily basis. Are you excited enough? Do you care enough to tell them what, what is going on in your world and, and what Jesus is doing in your life? All, here's how you do it. You simply pray that God would open up opportunities. Give you those divine appointments to share. Um, and, and it may... You know, and then you just simply walk through that door when you have that opportunity. If someone asks you, how was your weekend? Right, what, what, if you say, hey, yeah, we went to the football game, we went out and got uh, something to eat, and then we went to church. Uh, have I told you about my church? And we're learning right now about the, the book of John and about all the different attributes of, of God and how He is God and, and Jesus really is God. And Man, it's really interesting. You should come and join us. I mean, that's not that complicated. It's not that hard. But yet, how often do we do it? How often do we tell people what we're learning and what we're experiencing? Maybe, um, right, uh, it's just that opportunity. You just simply invite people. Invite people to, to, to what you're learning and what Jesus is doing in your life. And I would say, finally, one caution, though. Your mission field is not people who are going to other churches. Amen? They're already in church. Our job is not to see how many people we, we can recruit to make, see how big we... Our, our job is to tell people about Jesus. Our job is to, to share about Jesus. And, and so just tell people what God is doing in your life. And so I just want to end up today with, with this just thought, with this question. Do you care about Jesus? And if you do, do you care about other people knowing Jesus? And if, if your, your answer is yes to both of those, then, then why aren't we inviting more people to learn and to experience and to grow in their faith? I, I want to challenge us to do that. Every healthy, growing church is full of passionate people who can't shut up about Jesus. That's just the reality. Right? And I could almost say the inverse, right? Every church that is struggling is full of people who feel like it's not their responsibility to tell other people about Jesus. So what kind of church are we going to be? You know, this, this whole series, each week, we're going to kind of go through the book of John. We're going to learn a little bit, uh, another facet, another layer to who Jesus really is that will help us as we invite people. And so I'm going to ask you to pray right now. I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up, and we're going to close out. Heavenly Father, this morning, I, I, I'm just continually um, impressed I don't know, just overwhelmed by your word as I read it, as I learn more and more about Jesus and think about these disciples and their experiences with Jesus. Lord, I want to be that type of disciple who just is so excited that I can't help but share what you are doing in my life and what you are doing in the life of our church. And so help me look for those opportunities to tell people about you. 
Lord, I pray for people here today that are watching online or people here today in this room that they would be able to confidently say, I know who Jesus is. I understand that Jesus uh, really is God in human form, that He is fully God, fully man, that He came and and lived here among us. He lived a, a perfect life that I was unable to live. He did not sin, but yet He loved me so much that He went to the cross to take the punishment and the penalty that I deserved. And because of that, I can find forgiveness and I can have a, a relationship with the God who created me. Lord, I'm so thankful for that, the gospel message that we have hope. And so today, Lord, I pray for, for each and every person that they would be able to, to know Jesus in this same way, that they would be able to experience his love, his power, and his presence. Lord, as a church, help us to be passionate for you. Help us to, t- to be bold in telling people about you and and what you are doing in our lives and in our church and lord help us not to be ashamed of the gospel it's in the name of jesus we pray today amen